Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissue. Your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dear The last time I saw you was right before I was heading out to Provincetown for my summer of gay fun. I hope your sexy cowboy friend had a good time at the party. I wanted to stay longer, but I don't have the stamina that I used to. But thanks for such a good send-off. My summer was a whirlwind, over too fast, but I welcome the end. One summer has to end for another to start. My last night in P-Town, I made a bunch of people come do karaoke with me. The turnout wasn't so good. I worry that I can't throw a party as good as I used to. Some things post-pandemic don't feel like they will ever be the same. Karaoke night was surprising in a lot of ways. I know it's a thing for like everyone, but I really thought that the gays loved it. But it turns out that a lot of my friends from the summer had never done karaoke before in their lives. My going away party was their first time. I couldn't believe it. I left the next morning and returned to my regular life in New York. Even though I endlessly complained about the lack of women in P-Town, I kind of came back with a girlfriend. That relationship has run its course, but in typical gay fashion, we're still friends. Almost immediately upon my return, one of my best friends came to visit me from Chicago. So I had sort of a welcome home. After a summer of feeling a little homesick, it was a good reminder of the community of friends I have. I began parsing through all the materials that we had gathered over the summer almost immediately, probably about 200 hours of tape. Every day, I was listening and cutting and organizing. I got to relive my summer in tiny doses. I was transported back to my drives around town with Kristen, or Kaya's messy dressing room studio, or even my little apartment set back on a hill. I think about that apartment a lot and how lucky I was to live there, even for a few months. Anyways, after working all year, 
fall, winter, and spring have passed, and here we are again, at the end of another summer. With this letter, I've enclosed a tape for you. Hopefully, you'll enjoy hearing more about what Sunny and Kaya have been up to in the last year. A lot can change in a year, but also, if my 30s are an indication of anything, a lot can stay the same. Can't wait to hear what you think. Okay, bye for now. The house that I'm living with is called Bunter House, and that's the name of the dog of my landlords. It's December, and I'm back in Provincetown, catching up with Sonny. He moved out of Casa de Maxinista and is now in a cheap winter rental, named after a dog. There are pictures and paintings of Bunter on the walls, on coasters, and on pillows. And every room has at least one picture of Bunter and then 95 pictures of dicks. And of course, dick art. They are lovely people. They support, like, all of their friends so much in terms of, like, buying their art. So, like, there's so many local artists, like, in town. But because it's P-Town, that means, like, it's all dicks. So every room has at least five pictures of male anatomy, um, including our landlords. I think this place is cute, even with the dicks. It is. I like Honestly, I like the dicks. There's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with a dick. It's a little bit overkill, but... They, as I see, yeah, it's definitely overkill, but, like, you can tell, like, as I said, like, it's great that they support local artists, including their friends, and as a hopefully up-and-coming local artist... Ooh, are you going to get in the dick drawing business? Not the dick drawing business. Unfortunately, I'm going to leave that to the already 19 million artists in P-Town who feel the need to draw the male physical form. As a hobby, Sunny draws realistic ink sketches of animals against colorful backgrounds. The first time we met, he showed me some pictures of his art, but he was so busy over the summer that it never really came up again, and I totally forgot. But now that it's the off-season, he has a lot more time on his hands. When I left at the end of the summer, frankly, I was a little worried about Sunny. It seemed like he was miserable, but it was hard to tell if that was because he'd only had, like, crumbs of serotonin left after his benders. But overall, Sunny is doing pretty good. Sunny! Mitra! Are you ready to therapy? Oh, I've missed therapy. It's been so long. Let's dive right in. Oh, God. Dog, are you happy? Um, I'm happy enough. Uh, I, I'm also coming off a really, like, wonderful weekend, so my mindset is very good right now. You just tried, it was your 30th birthday on Friday. Yep. So, a um, couple of highlights. My best friend group from Boston all took the whole weekend off and came to visit. And then my brother and his girlfriend also came up, which was quite the surprise. And then all of my friends from P Town were here. It was just a really amazing event. I got some amazing gifts. It made me feel really special. I got a huge pair of like fake boobs, size G, that really made the night. Everyone was wearing them. And we played drinking games, which are my favorite thing to play. We played beer pong. And then we went to A House. Very wonderful weekend. Made me feel really loved and special. So it was definitely a, definitely something that like I needed because I was feeling a little bit low in the off season because it is very empty here. So it was a nice little pick-me-up, and I'm still kind of riding that high. Yeah, like, I don't know. 
Like, were you surprised at all? Like, did you, I mean, did you ever doubt that uh, people maybe wouldn't show up for you on your birthday or something? Maybe a little. Like, it was always in the back of my mind. Like, I didn't expect my brother to want to make the trip up here. It's like two and a half hours. But um, there was one moment where, like, I just had, like, a pure moment of, like, pure ecstasy when I wasn't even on Molly, which is, like, wild. But uh, it like, A House, it was, like, probably 11 o'clock, a remix of Every Time We Touch came on, which is, like, a really important song to me. Like, growing up, it has something to do with, like, when I was a camp counselor, we did it. But it was this whole thing, and I, like, looked around, and, like, all my friends were around me dancing, and, like, the beat dropped, and I just remember being, like, the most happy I'd been in a while, and just, like, screaming, and, like, joy, and everyone was like, oh, my God, is he okay? But it was just, like, it was amazing. It was so fun, and I'm just, it was a really, really good, like, weekend, so I'm happy. Cause every time we touch, I get this feeling, and every time we kiss, I swear I can fly. Just like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're, you know, content right now. I, when I left, I was just like, ugh. Whoa. Am I leaving him in a bad spot? <laughs> Sonny and I spent a lot of time unpacking his childhood, how he lost both of his parents, and how that affects him and his relationships now as an adult. I played him a clip from our interviews to see how he feels about it now. I just feel like I come with a lot of baggage and I don't really like to put any of that on other people. The idea of being performative for like everyone all the time, like not really having those intimate moments is like, it's just easier because like when it, when it is taken away, it's just not ideal. I have no interest in feeling those kinds of ways again. Uh, When I hear like the kind of the sentiment that you're expressing is like, And, like, you kind of being reserved about, like, kind of telling people about, like, you know, some of the more difficult or challenging things that have happened to you in your life. Like, I wonder if you, like, kind of feel like maybe you're, like, a burden. I do feel like when I talk about that kind of stuff, it is, like, burdening people. Because it's not, it may not be, like, completely obvious, but, like there's moments where people will just like think more about like what they say or like maybe choose not to share something like when people talk about their families or my biggest one is like when people like complain about their like families or their parents or like stuff like that I don't want people to feel like they need to put on a filter around me or like they I don't want I want people to just be who they are and I feel like when people are constantly thinking about like other people's traumas and stuff like I feel like it's a burden. I just struggle with it. And it's something that I don't like to talk about. So I assume others probably don't want to hear about it, I guess. After his mom died, he moved in with an aunt and uncle. And in his kid brain, he felt like maybe they didn't want him there. There was like literally a meeting of all of my aunts and uncles figuring out who was going to take us because no one like, not that they couldn't, but it was just, it was a we were literally a burden. Nobody wants a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old angsty kid. I don't know. It was that whole transition. I try not to think about it. Like, I black out a lot of it. Packing up the entire house and, like, selling off all of the furniture. Like, getting rid of all of my mom's art. And, like, literally our entire lives. And we went from having a life to not. <laughs> I don't know. It was really lonely. And so Sonny developed some coping mechanisms. And one of them is to shift attention away from him to his very charismatic friends. Yeah, I definitely do that. But 
if I, I prioritize my friends because I care about them to such a degree and I want them to be happy and like their happiness brings me happiness. But seeing Sonny now, I'm adjusting my perspective. I actually think it's really amazing the way he treats his friends. He's reliable and wants to support them. A great quality to have in any friend. If they're in a good mood, that means that they're on and they're having like the most fun and they're having a lot of fun. And when they're having fun, like just due to the people that I hang out with, when my friends are having fun, I know that everyone around them is having fun. Oh my God. It's incredible to see like that kind of energy that they can bring out of people. Like, and I meet new people because of them. And that's why I enjoy having them as friends because it's so easy for other people to want to come up and talk to them. Last summer, Sonny endlessly complained to me about his job at the brewery. I know he was on the heels of getting laid off at the YMCA, but judging by how miserable he seemed with the state of his life, I felt like the least he could do was try to get another job, maybe at a different nonprofit. When I was listening back to your tape, I was like, bitch, get a job. I was like, Sonny. You're like, rooting for me, please. I was like, what are you doing? Be an adult. But now that I'm hearing you, I think what maybe you're trying to figure out is what actually makes you happy. And like, maybe your nonprofit job wasn't really that fulfilling. It really wasn't. Like, for the longest time, the reason why I worked for the Y really was because like, it gave me so much as a kid. I loved being able to talk about the Y and like all of the great work that they did. But now that I've had this like taste of freedom and like, it has been like so fun this summer. Like, it's hard to like, put myself in the mindset of like, why go back to that? I need a job that makes me happy. And I think that will make me happy. Like, oh God, I've been talking about, I would love to open up a small like cafe here in town called Sunnyside Up and just do breakfast. And I think that would be amazing. Sunny loves breakfast. He posts pictures of his breakfast on Instagram almost every day. And opening up a little diner isn't such a crazy idea. So many people move to P-Town and start a small business. But Sonny doesn't feel like that is realistically on the table for him because of how much student loan debt he's in. I don't know. Like, what if it doesn't make me happy? Like, that's the thing. What if I do all of this and, like, my passion for breakfast and food gets destroyed because it just becomes, like, something where, like, I, I don't know. It's just so scary. Every life is scary, and I... I just want to eat breakfast and play magic and hang out with my friends. This summer, Sonny's told me that he's been a good boy, partying a lot less and generally being more low-key. He still has a couple shifts at the brewery, but is mostly working at a different restaurant in town. If Sonny's breakfast cafe doesn't pan out, I have some backup ideas. What if you bought Puzzle Me This? Ugh. I would love to. I met the owners, though. They're super sweet, and I don't think they're looking to sell. That what if you open a competing game store? Oh, my God. <laughs> live. I would. That's the thing. I, want, I would love to sell. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. How's it going? Woof. Busy. <laughs> We're busy. You're always busy. Mm-hmm. Booked and blessed. Booked and blessed, as I say. Between performing on almost every stage in town and working her day job, Kaya barely had a moment of free time to spare, which still remains true. Are you ever not busy? Like, what's... <sighs> I, don't, I don't like idle time, I've realized over... And maybe it's because I'm getting close to turning 30. I'm just like... I just want to do it all now. And I guess 30 is kind of weighing on me right now. I will be 30 in about three months. And I'm just sort of looking back, being reflective, because I guess in gay world, 30 is the new 50. So not saying I'm having a midlife crisis, but I'm kind of just like, oh, I'm just like, the days are like counting down. I feel like I'm on a clock timer. That's just like, just so you know, just so you know, your 20s. They're, they're just about done, girl. They're just, hello, every day. is. I'm like, no, no. What did you want to do in your 20s that you haven't done? Oh, my God. I went, Well, first of all, I wanted to travel outside of the country. I wanted to leave. I wanted to go to Europe. I wanted to eat, pray, love my way through some random country and meet a man and fall in love and move in, you know, all that romanticized stuff. And um, my 20s are about to be over, and now I really need to, like, focus on something that I can say has my stamp on it and I left this for the world to see. I guess that's where my focus is right now. Can you define success? Like what does success look like in the most like concrete way to you? So the current goal of which I will consider myself successful is a sold-out, one-woman production that I can take on the road. Me, maybe a piano player, um, in a perfect world, piano, pa- piano, bass, and drums, and all my bills paid, <laughs> you know, and uh, maybe a boyfriend, who knows? We'll see. Okay, I have something I want to play for you. Ooh, okay. When I'm walking down the street, people are like, oh, <laughs> look at that drag queen. They're like, oh, my God, look at this beautiful goddess of a being that is gracing us with, their, with her presence. I want more than a night at a gay club. I want more than just the gay clubs alone. There's a couple moments in your interview where you kind of like, you're like, I don't want to just get reduced to, like, the fag night. Like, I don't want, mm-hmm. like, and which makes me kind of question, like, 
Is Provincetown ultimately servicing you and what you want and your desires? Or, like, is drag ultimately servicing you? Like, because you kind of play into that a little bit. Ooh, that's a very, very good question. Mm. Like, what if people didn't see you as a drag queen? They just saw you as, like... Me. As you. Well, I kind of feel like that's what I'm ultimately working towards. Because I don't really say that I'm a drag queen that much anymore. I'm just a performer. I do enjoy drag though very much and I enjoy the glitz and glam of it all. But for some people, I feel like drag is like, okay, I'm in drag for the gig and then I'm out of drag in real life. And for me, drag has sort of like melded into who I am as a daily person as well. And Kaya is sort of becoming this entity but there's more to me than just drag. I want drag to be like the qualifier, I guess. Like, oh, it's a drag show. But from everybody that has seen my shows, they're like, I don't see a drag queen on stage. I see a musician. I see a singer. Yes, I'm getting a lot of success from the market that I've been marketing myself towards, which is gay tourists. Fortunately, a lot of the decisions that I've made over the past two years have led me to where I am right now, where I'm in good graces with a lot of people. A lot of people come to see my shows, but I want more. I want more. And you're right. Maybe marketing myself more as a singer and not as a drag queen who sings, that will help, I think. And I'm also very nervous about marketing myself towards the straights because, oh, Lord, that's a whole other can of worms but you know what happens if they like kaya on stage and they find out you know that underneath it all there's a man you know it's i don't know that weighs on my mind and it's something that i think about because uh there's there's so much to think about last summer i didn't know where kaya lived i suspected that she lived in her studio the place where she kept most of her costumes and outfits which i now know is true where i live is a <clears throat> an interesting space. We'll call it that. Um, Do you live in like a house or an apartment? Yes. Yes. For all intents and purposes and legal reasons, yes. All the tape I have of you talking about your living situation is so like, it's impossible to tell what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I was like, God damn it, I don't really know what to say. Well, now that it's over, now that I'm moving. So I, (laughs) yeah, I just, I bought an air mattress and the first few nights were a little weird. But after a while, I was just kind of like, okay, this is just my life right now. She didn't have much of a choice if she wanted to stay in P-Town. I would not have had a place to stay if I didn't finagle a bagel and figure out a living situation that... May or may not have been entirely legal, but I then again made friends with everyone around me and just made it happen and got a gym membership so I could shower and shave and, you know, keep up on my hygiene. But I made it happen. Am I happy about it? No. But that was what was available at the time. And we... I personally 
had to go through a lot to not get caught, to not arise any suspicions, which happened anyway, because I was literally there every day in all hours of the day and night. And my excuse was that I was working on, you know, costumes and wigs. And I had weird hours because I also was um, a nightlife performer. So I was basically had to convince everybody that if I was there at five in the morning, it's because I'm working on something or from last night or I'm working on something for the next day or you know, just something to sort of make people at ease of why I was there all the time. I just kind of considered it like an adventure, you know, like this is just part of my story that's going to be in my autobiography. I lived in a, I lived in a studio for two years. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. That is so right. I moved in. Yeah. I moved in the winter of 2020. What does, what do you think like the next decade holds for you? Oh God. I mean, anything is possible as Barbie says. (laughs) This song means something to everyone I feel like. And there's a lot of people that when I do this number, they're like, oh my God, you know, this song was at my wedding. This song was like our song. It's one of those sort of feel good songs. And um, this song is what got me pretty much my shows at the club. I would be nowhere without this song. Kaya has a new show every Wednesday at the Crown and Anchor. It's called Queen of the Night, and it's a one-woman show all about her life. If you find yourself in P-Town, you're going to want to check it out. Welcome to Provincetown. It's created by Roomtone and Rococo Punch. It's produced by me, Mitra Kaboli, and Emily Foreman in association with Stitcher. Story editing by Gianna Palmer at Witness Docs. Charlotte Livingston is our production assistant. Fact-checking help by Bart Tochi. Our executive producers are Jessica Alpert and John Parati at Rococo Punch and Ben Riskin and Bianca Grimshaw at Roomtone. Camille Stanley is the executive producer of Witness Docs. And Casey Holford is the technical director. If you want to see pics from our summer in P-Town, follow us on Instagram, at Rococo Punch. Thanks for listening. The first words that came out of my mouth were sung. And surprise, the song was I'm Every Woman by Whitney Houston because it had just come out. It was like 1994 or 1995 or something like that. And my mom was in the kitchen and she turned off the TV, but she was like, I could hear two voices and I don't know what's going on. And she came back in the living room and there I was not having a clue what I was singing about, but just getting my everlasting life to I'm Every Woman by Whitney Houston. Fast forward 28 years and now I feel like I'm every woman. I do.